How do you make a vacation last? How do you hold on to the joy, the clarity, the calm? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool, white, sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman, senior editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com with you for another episode of the Steelers preview. Oh my gosh, we are talking about the playoffs. <laughs> I can't believe it. I get so excited talking about the post playoffs. Yes, playoffs, Coach Moore. We are talking about the playoffs. And with me as always, Brian Anthony Davis. What's up, Brian? I am doing fantastic. I'm loving this week. I always love when the Steelers are in the, as you are, aptly said playoffs Playoff. but you know what i'm i'm going to take a page out of ben roethlisberger's book and i'm going to tell you this is going to be an awful show but i no one's going to listen to it and it's going to get bad downloads so i say we just have fun with it <laughs> <laughs> now you say it fans got real there were some fans that were literally upset about that comment that he made so i was like are you serious you don't understand the tongue-in-cheek none nonetheless dave schofield welcome to the show How's it going? I'm all right. I like that hat. It's very uh, yeah, dang. very appropriate. Uh, I've worn, worn on the Scobro show, so I was going to have a different one. I'm like, nope, I'm bringing it back. I must have, I must have started some good juju. Um, yeah, I, I just said that. Said um, that. I'm very disappointed there, Jeff, About? that you did not introduce our other co-host as with with an additional hashtag <laughs> with an additional <laughs> middle name of Brian Anthony hashtag Davis. <laughs> Oh man, I you didn't even go back and fix it. Like you didn't even go and delete it and tweet it again. It's Here's the problem. There. And so I was like, all right, I'm gonna make fun of him on Twitter now, and I'm gonna. <laughs> Here's the problem. I don't know how to fix it. <laughs> you know, you no, you can't. You can't, you can't edit a tweet. a tweet. You have to delete you have to it. Delete it. And do it over again. For those that don't know, that are listening in podcast form. So Brian had a 50th birthday party uh, last Saturday, right, Brian? Yes. yes. And it was a lot of fun. Dave and I went, and there was a photo taken of the three of us there. And Brian shared that on Twitter, and I said, make sure you tag us in it. Well, his tagging, <laughs> commercials, I think, where it's like, don't become your parents. Am I hashtagging right now? Yes, he hashtagging <laughs> because he didn't use the ad symbol. Therefore, we didn't get notified. He didn't fix it. And so I had to make fun of him. On- well, wait, okay. wait, wait, you didn't set it up with the, with the backstory. How many <laughs> weeks did he have his Twitter handle on this show <laughs> as hashtag um, BTC bad. <laughs> and before we finally pointed it out that Brian, it's, it's supposed to be an ad symbol. I never noticed you're the one who pointed it out. Well, but <laughs> I will say this, you know, I was wearing a Cobra Kai gi and the whole thing. And I'm a big fan of the show Cobra Kai as well as the the Karate Kid movies. And even back when I was watching the movies, I thought Johnny Lawrence was a good guy. And to quote Johnny Lawrence, I need one of those hash brown things. So <laughs> I was probably going to call it a hash brown next. You know, I'm very bad with that. Now my wife, when we're driving, since I've turned 50, she's like, I drive like 30 miles per hour, she thinks. And I'm making all these bad decisions. And I can't work my computer anymore. <laughs> Thank goodness I've got a 14-year-old son who's who knows Apple like the back of his hand, and he's my tech support. So, I mean, I'm just going downhill fast. You were already the old man that screams at clouds, so yeah. I mean, this just makes it worse. <laughs> <laughs> Damn you, clouds. Okay. I wanted to get this show off quick. I, I wanted to – I didn't want to waste a lot of time. I, I wanted to get – there's so much to talk about with this upcoming game on Sunday night, and I'm really excited 
for this game. And there might be fans out there that say, wow, Jeff, you're actually excited for this game. Like, I mean, week 16 wasn't that long ago, 36-10. We all remember. Yeah, I remember. But I've got this gut feeling that this is going to be a different game in a lot of ways. And so I want to talk first about the, the news that happened on Thursday, and that is that Juju Smith-Schuster had his 21-day clock started. That's why we said it's a nice hat by Dave Schofield. He's wearing the Juju Smith-Schuster hat today. And this does not equate to him coming back. Our buddy Jerry Dulac gave the most <laughs> I, idiotic tweet ever. I'm going to read this verbatim from Jerry at Jerry Dulac. Juju Smith-Schuster, and then he tags, actually tags as a hashtag like Brian does, at Team Juju, is healthy enough to play, and the Steelers are hoping he can play, but they are not planning on it right now, per sources. <laughs> I, I think mean? I know what he meant. Go ahead, Dave. Please explain but, it. because I, like, it's I like, like, how can you? This, 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 is like a, this is a Mike Tomlin tweet. But not one that Tom would tweet, but like something Tom would say. It's it's saying a lot without saying anything at all. That's all it is. But I think what Jared Bear was trying to get at was that Juju looks ready. The team thinks he's ready, but they're not planning on him because if something happens where he can't go Sunday, they're almost then they're not like, oh no, what do we do? We're not going to have Juju after all. They're making the plans without him. So if he actually makes it back. It's just bonus. I okay. I, I can see where he, I, I see that context that you mentioned it, Brian. I want to ask you just when you saw the news come out on Thursday that Juju was at least returning to practice. What was your what was your first reaction to hearing that? I was like, hashtag this is awesome. <laughs> um, you know what's really funny? I was driving in my car yesterday, and I was I had a lot of time on my hands, and for some reason the old man in me goes in and turns the radio down when he gets in the car now too. I'm getting yelled at for that. So I turn the radio down and it's all, all Steeler stuff going on in my head. I'm like, you know what? I remember Rod Woodson back in 1995. I'm like, wonder if Juju, did he put him, did they put him on the IR to the point where he can't come back? But I know the IR has changed. I'm like, wouldn't that be amazing if he could come in? And then I quickly forgot it. Then I looked at our Slack channel today. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. That happened. So, you know, it doesn't mean he's coming back. But I just want to follow up with what Dave said. And I'm just going to say hashtag gravy. If he comes back, (laughs) it's gravy. It is gravy, but there's a ripple effect. That's That was the title of our podcast last week with the, the assumption that the Steelers were not going to get into the postseason. And it was the ripple effect of the final game for Ben Roethlisberger and some of these free agents. If Juju Smith-Schuster gets a helmet on game day this Sunday, my question for you all is, does James Washington get a helmet? He just came off the reserve COVID list. Dave, what do you think? Yes, Cody White doesn't. But Cody White plays special teams, and James Washington doesn't, and James Washington does nothing in the offense. But you've got a lot of guys that are going to be there for special teams. Because, I mean, right now, I know we'll probably get to the injury report, but there are two players that did not practice for the Steelers today. And guess what? Both of them are expected to play Sunday. Right. So you're you're looking at having only healthy scratches – for the Steelers at this point right now, it's going to be a lot to figure out. And you're, you, there's another problem. They've got too many guys on the roster with James Washington coming back. They're still going to have to cut somebody. Don't know how they can hold on to two punters. They've got problems in that regard. But I just don't know because they haven't played Cody White on offense if he's if his special teams are that much versus someone like a James Pierre or Justin Lane or someone um, of that regard, if that makes sense. Yeah. So that I would say, but you do bring up a good point with the James Washington, and the special teams thing. Brian, what do you think about James Washington coming back onto the roster and Juju Smith Schuster and how that would mix together? You know how in the draft they say best player available. Well, best player available counts for a playoff game. And that is James Washington. You know, you, you definitely have to do that. Cody, there. I'm sorry, Cody White. I he's he's playing hard. He's he's doing that. But play hard. Re, play hard. But <laughs> hashtag good. play hard. Hashtag uh, play hard. <laughs> here's the thing, though. Cody White. No offense. Is a dime a dozen. There's more Cody Whites 
that are there. You just don't have 11 guys that can play special teams. There's probably about 18 guys that can play special teams there as well. There's other guys that can come in. You let it all hang out in the playoffs, especially with when Ben Roethlisberger says, hey, we're going to go out and have fun. This is how you have fun. You have your best players out there to have fun and you shock the world. It's a good point. Now, Dave, let me ask you this. What can we expect if Juju Smith-Schuster is actually activated, which has not happened yet? Everyone coming off IR is no one has been activated that week. With that said, if he is, if he's the for the Steelers, for the Steelers, if yeah. he's the exception to the rule for Pittsburgh, what can we actually expect from him within this offense? And Jer Bear says we're, they're not expecting him to play. So what does that mean in terms of what we can expect from him if he does suit up? I wouldn't expect much. I don't even know. He might even get the get the the Cody White treatment when it comes to snaps. Even if they, to me, that this news today wasn't even as much about activating him for Sunday's game. That receiver group now has this guy back with them at practice. That's a bigger deal than what you might think. That they're like, wow. Juju's here with us. He's not just there rehabbing. He's not allowed to be out in practice until they designate him to return. He's he's back at practice with them, even if he's not activated, which I think is a big deal. It's a wide range. He could be, he could get, if they're going to activate him, you might as well dress him. Don't activate him to have him inactive. That's just pointless. So if you're going to have him there, at least dress him. And if you're going to dress him, it might only be a few snaps and it might not even be plays where he's going to get targeted. Or what do you know? He might be out there like he was before and they're just letting it all hang out and throw him as many targets as they can. Um, it, it's really that much of a, of a range that it could be and it could be anywhere in there. I'm excited for him. But if I had to put my money on it right now, I don't think they'll activate him. Um for this week, but if you get past this week, then who knows? Well, Brian, that brings me to my next question, which I want to ask you, is this just a little gamesmanship with Mike Tomlin and Hey, Kansas city. Now you have to think about a, uh, what if Juju plays and he hadn't done much for the Steelers prior to his injury. And he had no touchdowns, only one rushing touchdown, I believe. Um, Brian, what, what are your thoughts on that aspect of this? There's a percentage of gamesmanship, but it goes beyond that. Think about this. Let's go back to Mike Tomlin's first Super Bowl, Super Bowl 43. All week long, actually all two weeks long, Heinz Ward was in a hyperbaric chamber doing the Michael Jackson thing, trying to get better. He was not in good shape. He played in that game. He caught a ball or two, but he's a fantastic decoy. And there's nothing wrong with having a decoy like Juju. And if something happens that you ignore that that decoy, you can toss a ball to a wide open 19 and get a long gain out of it. So just having him there, like Dave said, yeah, that's beautiful. I mean, it's the same thing with Rod Woodson. Having him there, Rod Woodson didn't play a lot in that Super Bowl, but he played enough, and he was on the field, and that gives this team a boost. They didn't win, but it gives them a boost. So I love everything Dave said about what Juju brings to that table. We talked about it just a couple weeks ago on this show, on other shows, how the missing piece of Juju Smith-Schuster is so huge. Just having him in pads and on that sideline and not in a hoodie means so much to this team. But if he could get out on the field, if he's good enough to get out on the field, they might toss one or two to him, or they might run the ball, run the ball with him. Well, and, I was gonna, yeah, go ahead, Brian. Finish and that that, that could do something. I mean, those running plays. That's what got him hurt. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, it is what got him hurt. <laughs> I was at that game. I was watching. I was like, cut it up field. Oh, no, he just got crushed. <laughs> but I don't think they put him in this position. Yeah. Uh, if he's out on that field, they feel strongly about yeah. it, him being fine enough to be on the field. Yeah, don't don't booby Miles Juju Smith-Schuster here, okay? Like where they bring Booby back against Midland, and he's on the he's a decoy on the sideline. They put him in, and he's not himself. Like if he's not ready, don't play him. I'd rather have Ray Ray McLeod. I can't believe I just said that. I'd rather have Ray Ray McLeod, who's healthy and has the experience in the offense, than I would Juju out there if he's not capable. I, I don't want him to have to worry about protecting himself is what I want to say, because that shoulder injury clearly was was serious. It required surgery. Dave, you got to say something? Yeah, I was just going to say, well, then I thought of something else. Um, you, if you ever remember the, the 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 
football, the football show, the TV show, Coach. Um, the one season they won their bowl game was it the national championship game they won or was it the they bowl lost game they in won? the national they lost in the national championship but 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 they won a bowl game because their starting quarterback they had him sitting in a wheelchair the whole game that he couldn't play and was injured and then they had him get up all in uniform and come out and play on the last snap and win the game it was kind of dumb but I, I don't think they're gonna do that either that's the other end of the spectrum but my point was you said Brian said about didn't know if Juju was eligible to come back. I was going to really quickly give you a reminder of what players were eligible to come off of IR. Those players are, or, or sorry, here's who was not eligible to come off IR. Buddy Johnson, because he hasn't been on IR long enough. Okay. Joshua Dobbs, because he was put on before being on the 53-man roster. Demarcus Christmas, people were like, who? Yeah, defensive tackle that was put on IR during the offseason. And unfortunately, Kevin Dotson, because his 21-day window expired. Gosh, did you hear Mike Tomlin's comments today after practice about that? I couldn't th- I couldn't hear the questions. I could hear his answers, but I couldn't hear the questions. And I was like, was that about Dotson or about something else? Well, no, he brought up Dotson. He didn't okay. he wasn't asked about Dotson. He said something about Dotson, but he, did. he didn't Yeah, he said he didn't basically really asked about, you know, coming off of he said, you know, we got to condition these guys and you know, you got to get them back and ready and sometimes it works out and like with in Kevin Dotson's case it doesn't. I'm like, geez. Yeah. You start the 21 day. Well, you also have to remember at that time they started that window. Right. And you they didn't, them, yeah. you know, with the time they started to like, Hey, well, the, the regular season's over before we'd have to make a decision. So. Well, in, but in theory, in theory, just in theory, last season going into the AFC wildcard game against Cleveland, remember how up in arms we were that they put Matt Filer back into the lineup. Yeah, and not play Kevin Dodson. Like a part of me thinks like Laglue has been there, not gonna use a glue joke or anything. Like that. <laughs> He's been playing okay, and they probably have some level of comfort there along the offensive line, especially if JC Hasnauer is still gonna be at center. And so maybe they're like, okay, let's let's not run into that trap again and put Kevin Dodson out there if his ankle's not ready. I don't know. I don't. Know. But they've also. It, doesn't it seem like for two seasons now the Steelers almost have looked for a reason to not play Kevin Dotson? It, it does. Make I mean, it happened. It, it happened in the preseason, and you look at it even last year. Any chance they could put someone in in place of Kevin Dotson? I'm not saying they're right. I'm just well, saying that's it, compounded that's the by it, the reports. That's the way. That, it, that's yes. the way it appears. That's and and, and, and appears. that is compounded by those preseason yeah. reports of the Steelers not being happy with Dotson. And everyone thought yeah. it was he's out of shape, but no, people said they weren't happy with something about him. I don't. I don't know. I, I really don't. I'm going to get yeah. the super chat up here before yeah. I lose it. Keith Barnaby gives us 4.99. He said, "Would be nice if the Steelers would wear their color rush for extra luck." Wrong uh, color. And then Godspeed Steelers for life, and I think we should trade Clay's, Chase Claypool. Um. There's like, that's, I don't know that there's really much of anything correct in that statement because they can't wear their color rush right. when they're the away team. Correct. Unless it's deemed a color rush game, I think, by the, by the league. Well, true. Which they we used have, to do. But they couldn't really. They, it, yeah. I don't know that they'd be allowed to wear their black jerseys. They, I mean, no. they white no. color rush? I don't know. Well, the you true know? thing <laughs> about that statement is there's two true things about that statement. Yeah. One is I'm speeding Steelers for life. Oh, sorry. Okay, that <laughs> it would be cool. And it was four ninety nine. Yeah. So thank you. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, that. and anyone's allowed to want to trade anyone they want to. So that's Good not man. a. There's not a factual statement behind that. That's just an opinion. Just remember, anyone that wants to talk about trades, right now Chase Claypool's stock could not be lower. Yeah. So keep that in mind. Let's go to the injury report, Dave. Do you have that up? Uh, I think it's important to not go but to remember it. Unless we got to talk about the Chiefs stuff. I do want to talk about the Chiefs stuff, okay. but let's talk well, about I'm, the Steelers first. And as we're di- we're digesting that, you can bring up the the Chiefs stuff. Okay. So. Well, I already mentioned this earlier that there were two players who did not practice, but they're both expected to play Sunday. One is one Najee Harris who missed his second straight day. But Coach Tomlin spoke to the media after practice today. After you're not surprised that they didn't ask for him because a lot of times he's available by request. And with the whole juju thing, I think that's why he was requested. Um, But he said after practice that the goal was to get Najee at practice on Friday. They were just basically having him rest as long as they could. And then Trey Turner shows up on the injury report. Don't know why he's not there at the beginning of the week every week, because obviously he's still dealing with some 
knee fatigue or something of that nature. And then he didn't practice, but it's not like he's expected to miss the game unless something worse even comes up. Uh, so that's the two that did not practice. Ben Roethlisberger back as a full participant. Arthur Millette with a concussion moved from limited to full. That's the correct progression for him to be able to come back and play. And for two straight days, the good news is Dan Moore Jr., full participant. So, Brian, you hear that injury report. What are your thoughts? Everybody's getting healthy. The right guys are getting healthy, and everybody has a chance to play. They're really – there's nothing there on that injury report that makes you go, we're in trouble. Now, it does. 22 not being in practice the last two days, but there's also the fact that they're telling you that uh, he should be in practice tomorrow. And that's uh, that's what everybody's seeing. So if you didn't have that asterisk there saying, oh, but there's something else and telling us that, then I'm, I'm scared to death seeing two DNPs back to back. Yeah, Najee Harris is a little bit concerning. Dave, what's your level of comfort with Najee Harris and that elbow when you think about what's going to be required of him this Sunday? Well, I mean, I can't say that there's no concern at all because even with the report of, oh, he's going to practice on Friday, what if practice doesn't go well on Friday? You know, they've basically, normally with rookies and whatnot, like they've got to practice to play. They aren't playing that card with Najee. They are, they are specifically not practicing him but he's still got to come back and practice on Friday. I don't want to see that 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 um, LP next to his name on Friday. I want to see that FP and then nothing else after that where he doesn't have an injury status. I'm going to be tuning in to see what's going to happen. I'm hopeful, but I've got to remember that you know sometimes your hopes get crushed. I said this on the Injury Report podcast. You can find that anywhere you get your podcasts. Search Steelers or Behind the Steel Curtain and subscribe. Follow you'll get all of our audio-only content, uh, which is outside of YouTube and Facebook that we live stream. But uh, I, I said, that, you know, when you think about Najee Harris, the concern is ball security, you know, being able to hold the ball. Because when you watch that in Baltimore, he was not willing to really put that arm out there, whether it's to to protect himself when he's getting hit, to stiff-arm someone, and you definitely knew there was some concern on the coaching staff. They didn't play him until the fourth quarter. So I doubt much is going to change in the, in, a, in the course of a week unless they get just a, a better brace for him to wear that he's comfortable with that could help really protect. I, my guess is that it was partially hyperextended, in which case they have to try to protect that. I don't know the exact injury. It looked really bad, and they didn't show a replay, I don't think, that I saw on television. But – that's really the only concerning injury. Uh, but to go to the Chiefs side, now I want you to read the Chiefs injury report, Dave, after yep. Thursday, because this was interesting to me in a lot of ways. Go ahead and I'll let you read it first. Okay, so you got Daryl Williams with a toe limited. That was his second straight day of being limited, I'm th- I think. Yes. Here was one that was interesting. Clyde edwards alaire shoulder did not practice after being limited the day before. Yeah. That's moving in the wrong direction. Orlando Brown, calf full. Willie Wyback really gave wrist full. Wide receiver Tyreek Hill, heel limited. Mm-hmm. So he moved in the wrong direction yes. from Wednesday to Thursday. Then the, the last four names of Kelsey, um, I'll just say Honey Badger, um, Legereus Sneed and Andrew Weil, Wiley. Why, 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 yeah, he's whatever. Got he's got that glute. He's got the glute, but they were awful. <laughs> and they were awful yesterday, but still listed. Um, if I recall correctly. So that's their injury report. Those two are kind of interesting with the Edward Solaire and Tyree kill. Well, I I say this all the time for the injury report podcast that on Wednesday, like take it with a grain of salt. It's like the first day you got to see what happens on Thursday. Having those two players get downgraded because even Travis Kelsey, who has a hip, right? Dave, isn't that what it's late labeled as a hip? Kelsey. Uh, Yes. It, that means there is an existing injury. He's just able to practice fully through it. So that means that, you know, it, during the game, if Travis Kelsey catches a pass and Minka Fitzpatrick comes up and just really hits him hard in that hip, he might come out of the game because of it. So there is that existing injury. Brian, when you hear that injury report from the Chiefs and you hear about Edwards Hilaire being downgraded to out, not out, but downgraded to not practicing, and then you see, you hear about Tyreek Hill with that heel injury. I mean, that's a guy that, is built on speed. What do you think about that in this upcoming game? 
I think that's huge, but I think we're missing one guy there. And if I'm not mistaken, the backup is Daryl Williams at running back. Is that is that the Daryl? Yeah. Is that the Williams we're talking about? Yeah, I said that. That was the name I said first. Yeah, man, he's mm-hmm. good too. You know, I know yeah. you said him, yeah. but you just asked me about those two guys. If you don't have Alaire going and you don't have Williams going at all, then man, they're they're down to nothing and they're they're passing a lot. Who was the? <laughs> <laughs> the last time the Steelers played the Chiefs, who who crushed them, especially in the passing game out of the backfield? Do you remember who? Dude, 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 that's our good trivia, right? That and and was and also rushed for forty three yards against them on twelve carries. Gore. That would be one Derek Gore. Oh. So Derek Gore had sixty one receiving yards against them and forty three rushing yards. He had over a hundred yards. What is it? From scrimmage against them, so, but you correct. He is not Daryl Williams, and he's not Clyde edwards Tolaire. But it's not that they don't have anybody. They, yeah, I, I'm not looking at yeah. at uh, you know Jordan Todman and Fitz Toussaint here. Um, you, <laughs> that's you know what I mean? And that's a good what point. I'm think, that's what I'm thinking when I think of Derek Gore. I mean, oh my gosh, Ben I forgot Tate all about the street. Oh my gosh, you just said Todman. I totally forgot about that guy. <laughs> Jordan Todman. Uh, you know, but Hill's interesting because he's going in the wrong direction. He hurt that foot again before the Denver game. He was not right. Now he was coming off of COVID, but he was very limited with two balls against the Steelers in that game. Byron Pringle was the guy that you're like, wow. This guy, I mean, you, you can't have just one Pringle and once this you guy, pop, yeah, once you pop, you can't stop. So, so we we need Minka to pop Pringle, I guess. And then, <laughs> and Pringles are, you know, it's funny. Pringles come in a red and yellow can. Um, very mm. interesting, just like the Chiefs jerseys. But all I'm going to say here is, no, this is more significant than the Steelers' injuries. I. I I mean, there's uh, double the guys on there. You've got eight to the Steelers, four, I believe, or, or is it five? Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't even consider Ben Roethlisberger, when he's on the injury report, I I just look past that, unless yeah. we know of something that happened. Um, you know, all I've got to say is this is, this is uh, worse for the Chiefs. And the Steelers are going to be full strength, but the way it was going into this this week, the the past couple of days, it looked like they were both going to be, you know, no holds barred, full strength, and now you've got these things popping up for the Chiefs, and then you worry with Friday and Saturday coming for the Steelers. Should be interesting for sure. All right, I want to switch gears a little bit. We're still going to talk about this upcoming game. I want to ask both of you. Give me one thing you think that needs to happen for the Steelers for them to win in this in this specific scenario. So let's talk about the Steelers offense going against the Kansas City defense. What needs to go right for the Steelers for them to come out and really move the ball, put up some points, and make this a game? Dave, we'll start with you. Well, first and foremost... You can't move the ball if you don't have it. You have to take care of the ball. You cannot have any turnovers. You know, maybe if you want to have a, what was that? Was it, I'm trying to remember, against the Browns, when they turned the ball over in the last play of the first half, when it really didn't matter. Unless you have that meaningless of a turnover, that's about it. Because the last time they played, the Steelers had three. Yeah, You can't you can't be minus three. You, I don't even think you could be minus one in this game. So you have to take care of the ball first and foremost. Brian, what about you? What do you think? I would like to defer to tomorrow morning at 5 a.m. when let's ride what the Steelers need to do to beat the Chiefs <laughs> on Sunday night debuts because that's when you're going to get all the answers. But, you know, I think really it comes down to the tight ends. I really want to see – the tight ends catch a lot of balls in this game, 88 and 81. Hey, if 87 catches one, I'm really happy with that too. But the thing is, you cannot wait until late in the third quarter to say, hey, we need to go- start getting moving. No, the train, when Mike Tomlin start- talks about getting on a moving train, well, the entire team has to be in their seats. They have to have their orders. 
They have to have their sleep mask. They've got to have their martinis. They've got to have everything ready to start this game when you kick off because there is no you don't you're not going to come from behind against an offense like this and a defense that has gotten a whole heck of a lot better so i mean you could start coming from behind even if the defense is off but mahomes is going to match you so you've got to, the key is to start off early and i would really this is something that not a lot of people talk about but it seems like the last four or five weeks, they're losing coin tosses. I know that's luck of the draw, but as my good friend Jeff Hartman always says, tails never fails. <laughs> you know, I would probably say, you know, shout out tails and hope to and defer. Yeah. For me, the Steelers need to weather the early storm. The Chiefs start off red hot on more than one. It's not just week 16 that that's happened. Weather that early storm and then two words, red zone. If you listen to Dave's Stat Geek podcast on Thursday, you talk about how they, the, the Chiefs defense will give up yards. They just don't give up a lot of points. So if you get down there and you get in that red zone, you need to convert just a, a couple of them to touchdowns. I'm not expecting every single trip to the red zone to be a touchdown. It would be phenomenal if it was. I'm not expecting that. Got to put up touchdowns, have Chris Boswell kicking extra points and not just field goals. Although Chris Boswell in the stadium once sent the Chiefs home by himself. So let's keep that in mind. Well, someone um, had to hold it. <laughs> Christopher Lynn Boswell. Okay, <laughs> let's go to the let's flip the script now. Let's talk about the Steelers defense. This is what intrigues me the most. Dave's writing this preview article for the website that's going to run on Friday. I did the Steelers offense versus. I hope he knows that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I give you a weird reaction when I do that. <laughs> so, uh, is the Steelers defense versus this Chiefs offense? What needs to go right in that area, Dave? What do you think? Um. You need to create a special opportunity in this game. You need to come up with the splash play. If you don't get the ball into the touchdown zone, you need to set the offense up for a short field, preferably more than once, whether it be a, a takeaway, whether it be a fourth down stop, whatever you have to do, the, that the best thing that you can do is, I mean, look at the Steelers offense. They can't, score points this season. I mean, you have to admit that that is a big problem. The only time they've gone over 30 points all season was in a loss when they were trying to come back. So it's almost like they need a little bit of help. They haven't got there, – there hasn't been a defensive touchdown all season, right? There was the the, the punt block. Yeah, that and was – that's like the only USC's, one. And that was USC's week one. Gilbert the third, scoop and score. Yep, that's yeah. all I can so, think about. Wouldn't it be nice if the defense could come through with six points? But even if they don't, if you can make some of those plays to, to to set the offense up on a short field, I'm going to say that because I know there's plenty of other answers, and I'll let you guys cover them. Brian, what do you think? Steelers defense, Chiefs offense. Well, really, you know, we always talk about getting to Mahomes, and it's not easy to get to Mahomes. They, they really took care to maybe renovate, completely renovate that offensive line in the offseason. Creed Humphreys in the middle of the rookie. You need to put some pressure on Mahomes, but you've got to have a plan for when he rolls off because he rolls out because he's not very sackable when he gets out of the pocket. That's one thing about Mahomes. It's hard to get a hold of him and when he starts to take off and move around. The really big thing is he wasn't even in the game last time and he got torched. It's taking care of Travis Kelsey. I think he is. You've got so many dy dynamic players, but I think he's the motor of that offense when it comes to uh, when it comes to catching the ball and the yards after catch. Man, he he trucks you. He is so good at that. So the guys I'm looking at on defense are your veterans and your stars. The Steelers need Hayward, Watt. They need Minka, and they need Hayden to set the pace in this game. And just say, boys, follow my lead to the younger guys. And that's really what needs to happen. And they've got to lead by example. To me, it comes down to uh, Trent Jordan Watt. Uh, I was listening to a bit of a podcast. It was a snippet on Twitter I saw from Arrowhead Pride, which is the Chiefs equivalent of Behind the Steel Curtain for SB Nation. And there were people talking about, ah, oh, they, they handled they handled TJ Watt in week 16. 
Guys, was TJ Watt healthy in week six? He had cracked ribs and he was no. desperately trying to play through. You could obviously tell he was not himself. Do you think he's pretty healthy now? I'd say so. Last two games, he's been pretty darn dynamic. So I hope, I really hope <laughs> that all these fans that are out there thinking, oh, well, we handled him in week 16. We'll be fine in the playoffs. Trent Jordan Watt can wreck a game. Dave and Jeffrey Benedict wrote that article that was quoted on, uh, what was that, FS1? Was yeah, that Fox yeah, Sports? Yeah, yeah. yeah Fox Sports. For, first things first was the show. Right. It was quoted there. And yeah, the, he can single-handedly wreck him. And he doesn't have to sack Patrick Mahomes, in my opinion. It would be great if he does. He has to hit him. And Cam Hayward's got to hit him. He, you want Mahomes when he drops back to pass thinking, where's 90? Like, is he coming from behind me? Like, did the tackle push him up the arc and he's going to come from behind me and strip sack? That's what you want. That's what needs to happen if the Steelers expect to win this game. Have him throw the ball earlier than he wants. Don't give him the time in the pocket, and that's when the secondary, like hopefully Akella Witherspoon, can continue to get his hands on the football, and that would be huge. I want to just open it up now. Dave, anything else that you would say that needs to happen for the Steelers to somehow pull off this crazy upset in Arrowhead Stadium this Sunday? Coach Tomlin said it very well in his press conference on Tuesday. I quoted it on Scobro. I think I even quoted it in, in Stat Geek because it's so true and it's so correct. That is special teams. You can't give up the splash plays. We need them to win this game. Defense. You can't give up where Kansas City has a defensive splash plays. We need the, sp- the splash plays. You can't let Kansas City have a short field three times. We need the short field three times is what Coach Tomlin was saying. You have to be the one creating those things. Your margin for error is small. You have to be the team that makes those plays. Like how many times has Jeff quoted this from Joe Gibbs? There's what, four or five plays that really decide the outcome of a game. You need those four and five plays. You've got to do everything you can to make it happen and to keep them from making it happen. You've got to think of this, that this game is one splash play away from going big in one direction or the other. Brian, what about you? Anything that you would add to the list that hasn't been said on either side of the ball? Well, that splash play that Dave mentioned, you want that to be early. Because, I mean, you want to be in a, in a position where you find yourself up 14 or something like that. Now, is that possible? Probably not. But you want to start early. Even I talked about the offense starting early, but the defense too. But you guys were talking about TJ Watt. Something happened this week. Well, two things happened this week. One, they tried to appeal the sack thing, and he got shut, shut down. That pisses TJ off. I know it does. I know he's the kind of guy that gets mad about those things. Then PFF does their all-pro team. <laughs> and when I saw that, everybody was mad. And I'm like, yes, that's going to stick in his craw. And he's going to murder somebody on that football field. He's going to truck through everybody. It's kind of like in Fast Times at Ridgemont High when they spray painted and wrecked Jefferson's car. In that game, nobody had a chance. That's what I want to happen. I want these guys not to be mentioned. I want everybody to say right now that, oh, I don't think TJ Watt, unless he has a great playoffs, is going to win Defensive Player of the Year. I want that to stick in his craw, too. I want people to doubt this team. I want people to come out and say the most ridiculous things in the world, like, hey, you know what? For the Chiefs, this is better than a buy because it's good cardio. Say that, please. I love it. I love it. Make the make the Steelers us against the world, the band of brothers that Ben Roethlisberger always talked about. You put that chip on their shoulder. It works sometimes, and this is the perfect time to do it. Yeah, you're absolutely right there. And um, I want to get this up on the screen. Monster 19 gives us 499. Thank you for the tip. He says, TJ gets two sacks. One leads to a fumble. Slash scoop and score. Let's go. It would be a great time for that to happen, you know. Uh, and I love this. Tyler W gives us two dollars. TJ Watt and I took that personally, which is exactly <laughs> what he put on Twitter when Aaron Donald won the Defensive Player of the Year last year. And I just thought that was great when he put. Should that have on. had a hashtag, but you know, yeah, probably. <laughs> he doesn't know how to use that Twitter machine. The little bird. Okay, I do want to make sure this is uh, 
that we we do get we are going to get our predictions in. Last week we somehow completely forgot to give our predictions in that podcast. We are going to do that. We're going to do over under first, then predictions, then trivia. So you all ready for some over under? Yes. Yes. Okay. Sure. Thanks. Yay! You guys are so great. All right. Uh, let's go, Benjamin Todd Roethlisberger touchdowns, touchdown passes, one and a half. Dave over under. One and a half touchdown passes. Let's go over. All right. I love it. Brian. I'm going to say over as well. Uh, yes. Uh, Benjamin Todd Roethlisberger passing attempts. We're going to go with 35 and a half. Dave, over under. 35 and a half. Let's go under with 32. I really like that. Brian. <laughs> well, you know, sometimes with Ben Roethlisberger, you know, that 35 and a half could be in the first half alone. So you know, you're, we're going to hope that he does. And I'm going to say that he's not. He's going to have lower than that. So under. Yeah, I'm going to go with under as well because it has to be under. If it's over, we are in trouble, in my opinion. Let's go Najee Harris carries. So carries, just carrying the football, not touches, rushing attempts, 22 and a half. Dave, over under. 22 and a half carries. Hmm. Well, I went with only 32 passes, so I'm going to say, oh, I'm, I'm, you throw that half in there. I can't just answer push. Uh, you know what? I'm going to say under as well. Brian, over under 22 and a half. I'm going to say, I'm actually going to say under. I'm going to say under as well. Let's go with Pittsburgh Steelers sacks of the Kansas City Chiefs. We're assuming it's Patrick Mahomes in this case. Three and a half. Dave, over under. Sacks of three and a half. I'm going to say under. Okay, Brian. I if you said two and a half, I'd still say under. Really? Mm. Yeah. Over four. And I think the defense is going to show up. Takeaways. Steelers takeaways. One and a half. Over under. Oh, it's me first, right? Yes, yes, it is, Dave. Sorry. I'm saying over because it's what it has to be in order for them to win this game. So let's go over. Okay, Brian, one and a half takeaways. Yeah, I'm going to say over as well. And I'm going to tell you who's going to do it. Akello's going to do one. Minka's going to do one. And you know who else is going to get one? My boy, Fidarius Terrell Edmonds is going to get one too. That'd be great. If someone scores a touchdown, I really hope they bring back the Willie Gay dance. You know, remember the Willie Gay touchdown celebration? What do you do? Like the, the, yeah, ant, that, the antlers, I think. That was great. I forgot okay. about that. I was, I was happy. I was happy forgetting about that, actually. <laughs> then he went over on the sideline with Joey Porter, got on their knees. They were like <laughs> crawling towards one another. So weird. Okay, anyways. <laughs> Steelers turnovers, one and a half, Dave, over, under. Under. It's got to be here. They have no chance. Yeah. Brian, over, under, one and a half? Under. I'm going to say under as well. Uh, DJ receptions. That's Deontay Johnson, eight and a half. Over, under, Dave. Eight and a half receptions. Let's go over. All right. Brian, over, under? I'm going to say over. I'm going to say under. I'm going to say under, slightly under. And then lastly, Juju Smith-Schuster receptions. Had to do it. Had to throw it out there. If you think he's going to play three and a half, Dave, over, under. If, if he plays. Well, obviously, he would have to play to get a reception. So we're going to assume that he's playing. Well, I mean, because if you think he won't play, then you just say under. But I'm okay. going to say if if he plays, then I think he will get more. Man's going to play. Then I, then I think he'll get three. Okay, so he's at under. What about you, Brian? No, no, you said, oh, wait. I thought you three said three and a half. half. Okay, we'll say, we'll, we'll say four. We'll say over. Four. Okay. Sure. Make up your mind. Just because Over it's fun. Under. I can't okay. really, you throw so many numbers out. I can't really, No, I'm sorry. I'm trying to figure out something else here, too. Okay. It's fine. Brian. I'm going to say under, but I'll say two. I'm going to say under with three. Under with three. All right. Prediction time. Dave, what is the current line on this game? And what's the over under on this game? Okay. Well, the current line on this game, believe it or not, has not moved. Well, it moved slightly in favor of the Steelers from the night the Steelers won to the next morning and then it hasn't moved since that I've seen. It is still at 12 and a half. There are 12 and a half point underdogs. The over under is 45 and a half. So you're, and that's from DraftKings, our official. Sponsor. Yeah, that's DraftKings. And so Tra- that's a tra- draft Kings. Sorry. That didn't there goes the sponsor. There goes the sponsor. <laughs> so, but no, 
this line hasn't moved since you wrote that article, right? On Monday, yeah. about 12 and yep. a half. Like it has stayed just straight Steady. out. Just, wow, that's incredible. Okay. Uh, maybe that'll change after Friday with the injury report, but let's do our predictions now. Uh, let's go with Brian first. Brian, what's your score prediction? How do you see this thing playing out? Well, man, you know how I hate giving score predictions because I never get them right. Well, well, wait, wait a second. I did last week, even though it wasn't on the show. But 1613, <laughs> I got that absolutely correct. And I take pride in that. I also take pride in October of 2019 getting a weird 26-24 Steelers Colts game right. And where you guys laughed at me on the show and said I was crazy. I'm gonna say that the Steelers are actually this this is hard for me. I gotta go heart overhead this week and not care. I will crush my credibility, which I don't think I have much. So that's fine. So I'm going to say the Steelers 23 and the Chiefs 21. If you are coming here to this platform, this YouTube channel, this Facebook page for, we are Steeler fans, people. I mean, come, give me a break. Like if you want that other crap, go to the Post Gazette, the Tribune Review, all those people that act like they hate the Steelers. We do not hate the Steelers here. Brian, you should not have to worry about your credibility. You're a freaking <laughs> fan. Dave, go ahead. What's your score prediction? Okay. Well, this is really tough as well, but Brian Brian said it as well. If I were to Jeff – Jeff has no idea what I'm talking about. You can just put your fingers in your ears and go, la, 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 la. If I were – and I, I said this on the Scobro Show. If I were Doctor Strange and I was looking at the 14,605 possible outcomes when you look ahead to see what would happen, you would say that an uh, that a overwhelming number of those outcomes would be the Pittsburgh Steelers ending their season. But all it took, just like in Infinity Wars, was that one – that one chance out of those 14 million. So you're saying there's a chance I'm going at it this way. This, we are not supposed to be talking about this right now. We were not supposed to be talking about, we weren't supposed to be previewing the Steelers playoff game. We're supposed to be previewing the Steelers off season. Well, 8% chance or something crazy like that, that they were going to make it going into that last week. And yet here we are and everything in my head and everything about me tells me, you know, you just you take the Chiefs. I, I'm going into this game like last week with the expectation of that this is the last time I'm going to get to watch them this year. So that way, if I'm just, you know, I'm not going to be disappointed because it's what I'm expecting. But that still doesn't mean that 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 I can't pick them to win. Do you want to know why? Because we're not supposed to be here. I'm not supposed to be making this pick. And because I'm playing with house money, being even allowed to make this selection. I'm going 24-23 Pittsburgh friggin' Steelers. I love it. I love it. So if losing credibility means that you pick against the Steelers, then I've never had any credibility. <laughs> so, really <don't> care. <laughs> uh, so uh, yes, I am going to pick the Steelers to win this game. They're getting 12 and a half. Good Lord. I feel like even if you were just a better and you didn't have any uh-huh. you know, dog in the fight here, Obviously, I'm not trying to hurt dogs. That's not good there. No. Um, I would take the Steelers getting points. I really would. And this is a game where I'm even going to kind of tell you how I see it playing out. I think that the Chiefs are going to come out red hot. I wouldn't be shocked if they jump out to like a 14 nothing lead. And then like the Steelers against the Bengals, like the Steelers, and then the Steelers start to kind of get their feet underneath them. They start to kind of slow down and figure it out. Okay, we can do this. And then Christopher Lynn Boswell, the guy that sent him home almost single handedly, Dave. Uh, with this with the long snapper and the holder uh, in Arrowhead Stadium kicks a game-winning field goal one more Ben Roethlisberger game-winning drive 23-21 I had the same score as Brian 23-21 they would be down 21 to 20 kick good see ya Chiefs and let's hear Travis Kelsey complain about the officials again just like he did after the divisional game back in what was that 2000 and 16 it was the 16 season because they lost in the AFC yeah that was yeah. the famed uh, Antonio Brown locker room Facebook Live. Yes. <laughs> the precursor. After he so, made a fantastic play to lock yeah, away the game. You're right. And take a knee. Absolutely. So, so there you have our predictions. Uh, you, I do want to get this on the screen here. Monster. Yeah. Uh, and this was – there's someone on Twitter, Brian, that I don't know if you listened to my Let's Ride. He's like – he asked in the mailbag like multiple times, I felt, about 
this and i you might just have to start sending out some like dms i guess on twitter but <laughs> <We're> <laughs> hashtags. <laughs> just monster, hashtag them, brian 499 and like, i love he? monster because he's a happy dude what's, <laughs> yeah, happy yeah, yeah. what's the over under for bad watching the game shirtless we need the boost <laughs> this is monster's not the guy that asked me on twitter about it he was this is another guy that wants to know like is he gonna watch it shirtless how do we know we need proof? And I'm like, look, like Brian can send you shirtless pics all he wants. I'm not asking him to do that, nor do I want to see that photo. So, Brian, like, do you tell us, like, are you watching the game shirtless? Are you going to be clothed? I mean, what's the deal? Well, I'm going. The plan right now is to be clothed because that kind of died. Uh, the whole thing died with a few games that going shirtless ended up in losses. So that's. I'm probably going to be wearing a shirt. However, there's a few things that I will do because I have no shame. And our area where we live in is supposed to get hit with a whole lot of snow. And if I was, uh, if it would guarantee a Steeler victory and you gave me $10,000, I'd watch it outside in the snow naked. And I would have no problem with it. I mean, seriously, you want to put $10,000 in live chat? I will, man, I'll stream that live. Me watching. Please Yankee. don't. Please. Yeah. Well, we're, I mean, we're we'll, we'll cover some parts so you don't see it. We'll, we'll have good. <laughs> we can use my good, oversized, terrible towel. Good, good cinematography. <laughs> to, so you, so <laughs> strategically placed. And uh, so now Brian Brown wants the uh, Willie Gay dance shirtless. <laughs> I will pull a hammy if I do that. So we can't, we, we got to be careful <laughs> dancing. But no, I mean, I'm probably going to be wearing a shirt, but if it means that much to you, I mean, and you really want to see pics of this guy shirtless, I'll send them to you. Hey, Why don't you guys, just like us, guys like us going shirtless is, is the new cool, Brian. I mean, even think about this. If you're if you're a Star Wars fan, the Gameronian uh, guards uh, in, the, in, the new, in the new Boba Fett show, they uh, now have them going gosh. shirtless, man. And when I see that and I see those two guards standing there shirtless, I'm like, hey, that's me and dad right there. <laughs> if you want to start like a nerd podcast, like you can do that another time. <laughs> you had any idea what I was talking about, Jeff? Non-bad, you would yeah, you would okay. you would think it's it's hilarious. Yeah, okay. you, you would, but <laughs> but hey, I'm gonna stick up for my buddy Jeff Hartman. Jeff, Dave's never seen Die Hard. That's yeah, true. That's yeah. true. He's also never seen The Sandlot. I found that out. That's weird. Ooh. No, it wasn't so I was rookie of the year. No, but I, I was told you haven't seen The Sandlot. No, I haven't seen The Sandlot either. Exactly. <laughs> Your daughter told my daughter yeah. that you've never seen The Sandlot. Like I, these are classic. No, I, I've seen I've seen parts of it. I've, I've never sat down and watched the whole thing all at once. But do you, you had? I mean, I, I quoted Chad Stetman, the, the, the Rocket from mm-hmm. Rookie of the Year. Just give yeah. me one more, one. More. Okay, <laughs> trivia time, Dave. You don't have any, right? Because we're just doing no, Brian, no. right? I mean, I have it if you want it, but I don't have to. All right. Well, let's uh, let's do Brian. Do you have your old cards, right? I got them. All right. Got let's do Dave's here. first. Let's do Dave's first, and then we'll do Brian. Okay. Well, I had a couple things that was going to talk about. You know, big underdogs in the playoffs. And I'm like, I'm not going to do that because you know why? It would take too much time. I'm going to do one really quick trivia question because I want to get the Bryans faster. Um, who was the last Pittsburgh Steeler to score a playoff touchdown against the Kansas City Chiefs? Oh, my gosh. Well, we're talking 1993 probably, right? So... I'm going to say, do you mind me jumping in, Jeff, no, here? Go ahead. Go Leroy ahead. Thompson. Is that correct, Dave? That is, the the year is correct, but the player is not. Okay. Uh, uh, Yancey Thigpen? It was one, it was a 22-yard pass to Eric Green from Neil O'Donnell okay. in the fourth Green. quarter of that game. And which then, which gave the Steelers a seven-point lead, which they did not hold, and ultimately lost in overtime. All right, there you go. So, That's it. There you go, Eric I Green. Do, I just I wanted like to do a, a a quick one because I want to do Brian's trivia. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, Eric, Eric Green was a monster. Go ahead, I, Brian. I loved Eric Green. So here we go. This is from the game. Who's the man? The five-point question. We'll start off first. Went 17 to six over two 17 and six over two seasons as head football coach 
at Cardinal World North Catholic High School in Cranberry Township. North. Does this have to be a player? <laughs> it is a player. Okay. North Catholic. Hmm. Wow. This I would have to... never got this. So. Hmm. Okay, go next. Next Bye. level. Born in Altus, Oklahoma, and attended Oklahoma State University. Hmm. Oklahoma State. Then coached at North Catholic. This is a tough one. Um, no, this no is a good one, though. All right, let's go to the third question. Registered 34 and a half sacks from 2000 to 2002 and was named to the Pro Bowl in each of those three seasons. Sorry, I had to recovered a Drew Bledsoe fumble to secure a Steelers victory over the Patriots in a January 1998 playoff game. Oh, the January 98 playoff game. Why can I not think of this? It's not so, Jason Gilden, is it? It is indeed Jason Gilden. Wow. I was about ready to say that could that's the only person that I didn't know where he went to college. Yeah, I didn't fit. I had no idea where he went to college. Yeah, he, so he I didn't realize he coached at North Catholic. Hmm. He was, was a Kevin uh, Colbert because that's where he went to school. <laughs> he was a number two pick. Um I believe in 92, if I'm not mistaken, mm -hmm. out of Oklahoma State. And the one-point question was left the Steelers after the 2003 season with 77 career sacks, a franchise record later broken by James Harrison. Wow. So, Jeff, congratulations. You win that one. Let's see if you can go two for two. Five wow. points. Led the FBS when he averaged 30.5 yards per reception as a college sophomore. No, we can guess and be wrong and then move to the next round, right? Yeah, yeah. Charles Johnson. Set a league record when he scored six touchdowns in his first four NFL games. That I got it. That's Martavis Bryant. Yeah, I was, was going to say Martavis. It yeah. is Martavis Bryant, and the rest of them are really easy. So uh, traded <laughs> the Raiders, signed with the Argonauts, stuff See, like that. But mm -hmm. you didn't pronounce it correctly for those in Pittsburgh. They say Martavius. 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 <laughs> <laughs> We need to bring back that Martavius. Okay. Yeah, but yeah. now now that they have Montravis, yeah. <laughs> now they're all sorts of confused. Yeah, because it is Montravius. Yeah, no, let's just go Montravis to get it right this time. Yeah. Okay, that's good stuff. I love those little things. Yeah. Well, all righty. All righty. Um, let's do some final thoughts here. Brian, go ahead. All right. So there's a few things that I want to talk about in my final thoughts. I'm going to make it quick. A member of our live chat on Facebook has had uh is trying to get her health back in order so i just want to um she's going to look at it this week and she sent me a personal message so i want to um, send best wishes to stacy lynn out there now talking about this game this week you know i want to go back in time a little bit fellas i want to talk about when the opponent was a red white and gold team as well or red white and yellow whatever you want to call them so I want to ask you guys flat out, what happened on February 11th, 1980? February 11th, 1980? And that, it does not have to be in football. I was, I was going to say, because that wasn't, there wasn't football going on then, unless it was like the, no, it wasn't US, was USSL? I don't know. Yeah, no. I don't know. It's hockey, fellas. Oh. oh, what happened on February 11th, yeah. 1980? Lake Placid, <laughs> yep. USA, Russia. Yeah, what what happened though? What was the outcome? Of the miracle on ice. Miracles. Miracle on ice. What was the outcome of the game? Who won that game? The U.S. won the game. No, mm -hmm. they didn't, Jeff. That was February twenty second. Oh, you're talking about eighty. You're talking about at Madison Square Garden where they got shellacked. They got shellacked mm -hmm. ten to three against the Russians in an exhibition mm -hmm. game before that. And that's very important. <laughs> and 
who who was the announcer when they finally won the game? It was Al Michaels. Al Michaels is the announcer this week. This team got crushed in 11 days later. A game that they had no business playing in. They triumphed and won the gold medal. Is this as big as the gold medal? No. But then let's go back to November 28th, 2005. Do you know what happened on that day? So what day? It was a Monday night in 2005, November uh, That was the Monday night game where Peyton Manning and Marvin Harrison went off on the Steelers. And Absolutely. And then on January 15th, it all changed and the Steelers won. Is that going to happen this week? Well, last week we were talking about the Steelers only have a 5% chance to make the playoffs, and now they are here in the playoffs. So you got to believe. You've got to believe in miracles, and you've got to believe in the Pittsburgh Steelers when you think of them of the U.S. playing the Russians, the Steelers playing the Colts. And that second time around, Mike Tomlin was talking about it, the other day saying, yeah, we learn things the second time around. And then I was talking to KT Smith and you got to check this out. It's a fantastic episode of here. We go the Steeler pregame show and his exact words were the Steelers have to have a perfect plan B in this game. And that's exactly what they have to do. And I believe that the Pittsburgh Steelers have put together the perfect plan B. Is it going to work? We are going to find out when hopefully we hear those words again. Do you believe in miracles by Al Michaels? Dave, final thoughts. Jeff keeps talking about this. You love talking about house money. I mean, it really is. I, I said it in my prediction because I'm not even supposed to be making a prediction for a game this week. Might as well just have fun and go with my heart. And that's what I'm going to do Sunday night. I'm going to sit down, um, hopefully, maybe even stand a whole bunch because of the way the game plays out. I'm going to have my terrible towel. I'm going to have my Cam Hayward jersey. And I'm going to watch number seven on the football field Again, I'm not going to see a number seven for the Steelers again. You know, I mean, unless they do something crazy and let someone wear it again in the next 150. Well, I won't be around that long anyway. So I'm going to take it in for what it is. I'm going to, I'm so happy, like I, like I said before, that it's the, the off season is now one less week. We have to worry about one less week of the off season. We, it is all lined up that this team wasn't even supposed to be here, but yet they are. You know what? And it, and and people can can talk all they want to when when uh, Brian made reference of of uh, of the, it's getting in some cardio that was based on the segment where actually Jeffrey my article got mentioned on first things first. Uh, that's what he was quoting there. Um, if that's the way the people look at it, please do because you know who was looking at the game kind of like that last year. That would be Pittsburgh Steelers fans in the wild card matchup because when they didn't play their starters, they only lost by two in Cleveland. They were going to come out and put a hurting on them. And guess what? Things didn't go their way. And I would much rather, I would much rather watch the Pittsburgh Steelers playing in a game that they're not supposed to win than one that they're supposed to win easily. Because as we know with the Steelers, it's not about them all oh, losing games. They're supposed to that, you know, every NFL team does that. And the Steelers have done it no more than other teams have. But it's sometimes it's just something about this team that when they're not supposed to be in it, that's when you see their best. I'm, I, I know it's going to take their very best to win this game. So that's what I'm looking to see on Sunday. And I am excited for the opportunity to see this team play one more time. Very well said, both of you. Normally, I just kind of throw it out and say, well, check out my Let's Ride podcast. But tonight, I want to actually say something for my final thoughts. And that is, there's something extremely freeing. If you've ever been a part of a team, whether you're coaching or playing, when you were unbelievably discredited and underdogs in a situation, and yet you were unbelievably prepared and knew that you had every opportunity to go in and win a game. There's something that is freeing about that where you don't have the pressure on you. I feel like that's where the Steelers are. I'm going to, my buddy, Chris Carter, 
good friend of mine, he tweeted out, he said, when Ben Roethlisberger gets snarky, like he did in his press conference mm-hmm. on Wednesday, he typically knows something. He typically has a good feeling. He's not going to say those things without it. And I sense that as well. I think this team is confident. They should be confident. Why? Because if you're not confident, you're going to lose no matter what. So they have to go into this game. And I think that they have a good plan. Like Brian said, the plan B, but there is something about that where, Hey, you know, it's like, I I'm a teacher. So all my students were just, Oh, you're going to let Hey, the, the game's not one on paper. That's why they play the game. And so you go out there, you never know what can happen. Let's see what the Steelers can do. Let's hope fingers crossed. We're back here next week, previewing a trip to Tennessee in the divisional round. That would be fantastic. But nonetheless, we'll be back next week, no matter what. Uh, maybe we'll be previewing a game. Maybe we'll be previewing the offseason, but we'll be back no matter what. But Dave, why don't you send us out? Hey. There you go. Go Steelers, baby. We'll all be back for the post game show really late, but who cares? It's the playoffs. We'll see you next week. Take it easy.